The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. You're tuned in to Inspire FM 105.1 FM. Welcome to Mother's Planet, a show where there is always something to talk about in a productive and beneficial way. I'm your host, Neelam, and... Uh, before I begin my show, um, I just wanted to do a quick shout out to my daughter. Um, it's her 11th birthday today, so she is 11 years old. And I did promise that I would do a little shout out uh, for her. So happy birthday. And I wish her all the success and happiness. Um, and even though it's her birthday, she still has to continue on her chores today. So I'm not letting her off with that. She's still She'll still have to do what she has to do every evening. Uh, so welcome to Mother's Planet, a show where there is always something to talk about in a productive and beneficial way. I'm your host, Neelam, and joining me on the show today is my guest, Jenny. I will get Jenny to formally introduce herself uh, to the listeners. Um, Jenny is uh, a woman uh, that wears many hats. Uh, with lots of talent and experience of motherhood. So we can um, ask her lots of questions around that. But first, morning, Jenny. How are you? I'm really well. Good morning, Neelam. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really happy to have you on the show. Um, I know that you and I, um, in our last conversation, went over an hour. So I'm hoping today we will stick to the time and... (laughs) We we will uh, manage to uh, remember that we are live on air as well. Uh, So how's your week been, Jenny? Yeah, it's been absolutely great. Lots going on at the charity level trust that I work for. Um, We've got, so I live in Somerset, so a little way from Luton. So we've got gorgeous sunshine here today. So that's making me feel in a very good mood. How about you? Well, yes, Jenny, I always like to um, throw in the weather in my shows. Um, And uh, despite the rain and uh, the storms that we have been having, we've actually got sunshine this morning as well, but it's a bit chilly. Um, uh, But I like it like this. I like it when it's sunny and that crisp, um, uh, cold feeling outside where you could layer up but enjoy the sun as well. So it's quite nice. So um, I'm hoping um, it lasts and we don't have rain. So we have got a nice um, weather. But Jenny, how are you finding the clock change oh i'm actually struggling i don't know about you i mean it's a really british thing isn't it that we've all got to have those conversations oh it's ever so dark and we can't believe how dark it is so yeah i am finding i'm finding that i'm waking up ever so early but i am kind of a morning person anyway um i don't know whether you like to kind of get your jobs done in the morning or the evening but to be honest by the time it gets to about nine o'clock I'm ready for my bed, um, but it's a bit tricky um, because we've got teenagers and um, sometimes they like to go to bed later than us. Um, so that's always a negotiation about what time we're going to bed. And um, yeah, so I would, in an ideal world, like to be tucked up um, pretty early. Yeah, no, I feel your pain, Jenny, and I'm glad you say that because I have really struggled with the clock change this week. And I thought in a weird way, um, I was talking to a friend and she said that when we were young, having that hour, well, the illusional hour that we're gaining, um, she said it felt really good. You, you know, she recalls feeling really happy and excited. But as an adult, it just it throws you off guard because now everything that you're in routine with, you've got to sort of just change it a little bit. And, you know, um, my uh, my older children, I've got two at high school and they do after school clubs 
and it, you know usually i would let them walk home at half four but mm-hmm. now Half four, I'm like, I'll come and get you because it's pitch black outside. And I'm like, no, I'll come and get you. But I have to put things on hold to go and get them. So it's a bit, it's a bit frustrating. But you know, um, that's mums for you. We have to, we have to do our roles in whatever way that we um, uh, do. But I don't feel like I'm saving any time whatsoever. I'm actually racing against the clock every single day. I just feel like the, the, it's gone a couple of hours ahead rather than behind. Um, and I guess it's probably because we're having less daylight and more and more dark. So we just feel like we haven't obtained much through the day. It's dark now. When it's dark, it's like, as you say, time to go to sleep, you know, which yeah. I'm myself up to bed and the kids are like, no, it's still, you know, only eight o'clock, you know, we don't need to really go to sleep yet. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm struggling with that. And I'm also struggling with, we, we had half term last week, so I'm trying to find my house again. Um, I had a, a poorly husband um, over half term, so we were quite limited as to what we could do. And uh, the first few days I kept saying to him, pull yourself together. But I thought it was man flu. I was like, come on, pull yourself together. You know how we are. We just get up and just get on with it. And uh, yeah, after day three, I thought, OK, actually, I think he really may be ill. So we did a couple of COVID tests. It was not it wasn't COVID, but I think he just had a really bad case of the flu and, and it being combined with man flu as well just it made him completely helpless so uh yeah my time was spent trying to deal with him but he's on the mend now and uh he's fully functioning so he's making it up to me by doing school runs for me so um so that's that's a big hand that's very good sometimes when my husband is ill if i'm not quite sure that he's very very ill i'll say to him do you need some there there cream um and yeah, it's 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 difficult, isn't it? Because when you've got a large family like you have and we've got, you know, several children, you really rely on your husband, don't you? You kind of tag team with different things. So if one of you is taken out of the equation, it makes it so much more difficult. But thinking what you were saying about actually having less time, I absolutely feel that with the lack of daylight hours um, because we've got dogs and the dogs need walking at the beginning and the end of the day and I got caught out and it was very dark when I went to walk them. But also also thinking back to when our children were little so our youngest one's 14 now um when the clocks changed and they went back an hour it just felt like the never-ending day for me on that day that it just because they still woke up at the same time and it just seemed to go on and on and it's that was really a difficult kind of transition for them and for us but now our children are older it's slightly easier um, but I don't know how old your youngest one. My youngest is two, so she has no routine, and she's yeah. the youngest of of six. So she she has no routine. She rules the house. When she's tired, she's tired, and when she's awake, she's awake. So we just go with the flow with her. Wh- whatever she whatever she wants to do, she does. So, I mean, she 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 has her naps, and she she's I know she sleeps well, um, and I let her ride it out because I know she'll sleep through. So I think if I force her to go to sleep early she'll be up at two o'clock wide awake and i'll have to deal with that so i let her i let her tell me when she's tired so yeah she's the boss so she um nothing wrong with a strong independent woman no no not nothing at all and i've learned the hard way i think it's after having so many children with each you learn a lesson so by she's literally doing what as she pleases because I now know putting those restrictions and all those things that I did for the older ones 
you know, I could actually have been a bit more lenient. It wouldn't have affected them so long as you do set some boundaries. So, um, yeah, I am much more lenient with her than I was with the others. But um, I don't think I get a choice because even if I do set the restrictions, her siblings will step in and say, oh, mum, don't be like that with her. She's only two. And I'm like, well, you know, I can't, I can't win. I'm either being too nice to her or too firm to her. So, I, yeah, she's got her lawyers behind her, so I can't say anything to her. Uh, Jenny, every day on Fridays, I ask listeners to share their brew with me. So I'm hoping you have a brew with you this morning. Are you a tea or a coffee drinker? What kind of person are you? I'm a tea drinker. I don't drink coffee at all. So I'm one of those strange creatures that does not drink coffee at all. It makes me feel too whizzy and I don't like that feeling. So I am an Earl Grey tea drinker. That's my um, brew of choice. And, what about and, you? Uh, I was just going to say snap. Um ah tried coffee and um yes i think the caffeine gets to my head and it does make me feel a bit giddy i don't really like that feeling mm-hmm. uh, and then my husband's bought um he's the barista in the in, in the house so he's got a coffee machine and he does all of the patterns and everything with the milk frothing so i felt obliged i need to have a cup of coffee especially the effort that he was making so i did and i think it's because he he made a small shot and very milky coffee i was able to take it and i and i had it but I don't like, after a couple of hours, I have a real strong taste in my mouth. So I felt that I was brushing my teeth after I'd had coffee. So I thought I don't <laughs> like that lingering taste that it leaves in my mouth. So um, I've gone back to drinking my tea. So, yes, I drink tea and tea is the only thing that I have. Um, uh, Jenny, we have a message that's come through this morning from uh, one of my favourite listeners, Sister Nasima. Um, uh, good morning, Salam to you. Uh, Salam alaikum, Neelam. It's my youngest 11th birthday too today. Look at that. Just wanted to mention he was born two days after her mum passed away. May Allah grant her uh, uh, So it's quite difficult, but also a happy time for him. Uh, um, with difficulty there is ease and uh, this testament to find that uh, for me please do remember us and you're the ones um i do um send my condolences to you uh, Nasima. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that yes it's a bit of a mixed emotion day it's quite hard when you have lost a very very dear person in your life like that and then you've got a celebration on the other side for your son as well so yes my prayers go out to you and I hope your son has a nice day 11's quite a tricky age I do find that there, it's a very tricky Jenny what would you say I would say that it is tricky because they're transitioning to high school and when they're at primary school, you have a lot of involvement, don't you, with their friends and with their teachers. You often see the teacher every day. And then as they're transitioning to high school, it's right that they start to have more independence. But as a mum, it's really difficult. I found this really hard, particularly with our old ones, to get that balance right between developing the independence, transitioning them through to adulthood so they can be, you know, productive and happy and independent and all of those things, you know, particularly when they're going off to university and they might be living away from home um, from you but also still trying to guide them and make sure that they're making good choices. Because as adults, you know, 
we've been there, we've done it, we can see the pitfalls, but sometimes it's allowing them to make those mistakes, not in that kind of massive way, but just so it teaches them a life lesson. But yeah, it was hard. And the one thing that we always try to do was have an open house for our children's friends to say your friends are always welcome in the house. So so we knew their friends, we knew their families. um, And so that's how we managed to keep our children close as they were going through those sometimes very tricky teenagers. Thank you, Jenny. That's absolute sound advice there. And and I, and I think that's the way to be really, because you want them to, I, I'm, I'm struggling with that because I feel that um, my, she's one of the elder ones in her school. So she's still at primary. So she'll be starting high school next year. So she, um, she is trying to be independent and she's always been quite mature. And I find that girls mature very quickly compared to boys so she she's always had quite a mature attitude like i remember her being at nursery and what things girls her age were doing she found a bit bizarre because she was always that one step forward so she i think that having a later birthday in in, earlier birthday in the year and being one of the eldest probably taught her to be like that so she was very uh forward thinking but i almost want her to appreciate her childhood as well because you want them to grow up but then you want I keep saying to them if I could go back to a time in my life I'd go back to where I was at primary before I started secondary because they were the best time the years of your life you're meant to really enjoy this time and not look trying to uh, trying to be a grown-up and and grow up so quickly because these these are the crucial years where you can be a baby still and it will be accepted because as soon as they hit their teens that's it they've got to sort of change their whole attire and their whole life changes so it's quite a difficult one to balance but I struggled with birthday gifts for her because I thought I can't get her things I would have my my I had um my other daughter turned uh, nine in October so it was quite easy to get her things and so when I got her things I thought I can't really really get her similar stuff now because it's a a good gap a couple of years between them and their interests taste is so different so um yeah i've got loads of messages pinging through here i've got another one coming uh, so it's uh, nasima says her her last one's leaving primary uh, my last one leaving primary so uh, yeah it's difficult to tra- transition and each child has been totally different at each stage so yes it's still such a learning curve even after 20 years of parenting i know they do seem to want to grow up so quickly but it's all hindsight and then they realize that the ease of childhood and my 15-year-old, soon to be 16, is exactly in that boat. She, She's already saying, I can't believe how I'm going to be 16. And, and, you know, she's looking forward to going out and working and being independent. But she does miss not having to do those things. She's like, I wish I was 11 again where I could enjoy that. So, yes, they will look back on those things. So, uh, listeners, I am taking in WhatsApp and text messages on the studio number 0779-481822. We are live on air, reaching out to all our listeners in Luton and surrounding areas through the airwaves at Inspire FM 105.1 FM. Listeners can also connect through TuneIn via the Inspire FM webpage. Uh, We are also... um, uh, available on the Inspire FM app, uh, which you can download on your smartphones. So you actually have no excuse to miss the shows now. Uh, we are also live as an audio on the Facebook page where uh, you can and must like the show and can leave any comments around today's topic. As mentioned before, I am taking in WhatsApp and text messages on the studio number 0779 
0779481822. Listeners, you have to excuse me and Jenny. This morning I have a, a brewing cold, I think, coming through. So my throat's not feeling great, but that's why I've got lots. I've got my lozenges here with me and I've got my hot drink just to keep me going. So if I... Um, have my little choking fit uh please bear with me i should be okay though because i've got enough fluids here to keep me going now listeners in today's show um my guest and i uh, will be talking about um the concept of voluntary work now as mentioned and as you've heard jenny um is a mum and she has lots of experience around motherhood and has shared some of her wisdom with us this morning already around how to help our children grow so that they are making the most of their uh, childhood and uh teenhood i guess so anyway le- listeners before i do- delve into today's questions uh jenny can i just get you to please introduce yourself uh to the listeners so good morning my name is jenny Y. um i'm the chief executive of level trust which is a luton based charity that helps children and families who are living in poverty to have a level playing field when it comes to their education Um, So we run the uniform exchange um, that's based in the mall, um, including the shoe voucher scheme, which we can talk about in a little bit if you'd like to. We run holiday courses. We provide laptops to children who might be experiencing digital poverty. Um, And I've been at Level Trust now for about six months, and it's really a great place to work. And Luton is a wonderful town. Everyone's made me feel so welcome. So... um, Hello to those of you that I've met already, and I hope to meet more of you in the future as I go about my job and meeting people across the town. Um, I'm not uh, a Luton born and bred. Um, oh. I'm actually um, originally from London, and the irony is so is my husband. So he's from Watford and I'm from um, uh, West London. And so when we both got married, and we he'd moved to Luton before I'd got married, and then I came here we were fine until we had children and then it was like okay where do we send them to school because neither of us had any experience of the school system here and my background is primary school teacher as is yours Uh, so it was in you know how crucial these things are when you have that teacher's hat on you are checking the school out to the t to make sure this is going to be right for your child so um it was it was very difficult to to find schooling and i and uh, whenever she gets the chance my eldest daughter will vouch for this because i think in her childhood she must have moved at least to three different schools because i just get it right in the end before she started secondary i actually homeschooled her for a couple of years because i thought i think i should build the foundations myself and then send her off to a school of you know where i think she should be okay at but it was very difficult and um Yes, but one thing I have learned about Luton over the years that I have been here, that it's a very welcoming community and um, there is a lot of love in Luton. And um, uh, I wouldn't leave Luton now because we... I know I feel very connected to Luton and I know that they do a lot of community-based activities and they and they are very giving when it comes to donations and when it comes to looking out for each other. So it's a, it's a nice town. So, yeah, you will be seeing more of that, Jenny, um, because it is like that. So at Level Trust, I know you've briefly explained a little bit about it and I know you've been there a short time, but I'm pretty sure there's quite a lot that you could share to um us listeners about it so what i I mean what who are they and what do they actually do right so level trust was started 
almost 10 years ago by a wonderful woman called Jane Malcolm. She now works for um, Luton Borough Council and it started um, in her home and they'd identified a need um, for uniform and for shoes to be given to children. Um, and they realised that there was a high level of poverty in Luton and they wanted to do something about that. So a small group of people came together and they started Level Trust and it's grown from there. And I have to say, Jane and the employees at Level Trust and the supporters have done the most amazing job in getting it to the position where it is now with the uniform exchange in the mall. And so we provide um, uniform to children whose parents and carers might not otherwise be able to afford it. So you can come into the uniform exchange. You don't need to bring anything. You don't need to be referred by your child's school. Um, and we will give you, if we've got it in stock, the uniform that you need for your child to go to school. We've also got things like bags. Um, we also operate a shoe voucher scheme. Um, and so we know that shoes are really expensive. And um, particularly if you've got boys like I do that like playing football, I seem to be buying shoes all of the time. And that was very, very expensive. Um, and so you can come and you can get a shoe voucher and then you can go to Shoe Zone in the mall and you can choose a brand new pair of shoes for your child. So Level Trust does a lot of different things, but I suppose at the core of it is that we don't think that any child should have to grow up in poverty. And in an ideal world, there wouldn't be a need for Level Trust services. And I know that Salma from the Food Bank, you know, always says a similar thing actually you know we want a town we want a society where you can earn enough money to be able to buy the essentials or your benefit payments actually cover the essentials and what we're finding with the cost of living increase at the moment is that families just cannot afford to make ends meet and it's really really desperate times for them yeah, absolutely. And uniform is very expensive. Um, it's it's horrendous because uh, my son, when he started high school, I bought a blazer that was a couple of sizes big for him. And I said, you'll grow into it. Just roll the sleeves back. And literally, he's year nine now. So he started in year seven. Um, just before they went back in September, I made him put his blazer on and it's like almost up to his elbows. I went, when did that happen? So I was shocked and I was like, right, I need to go and get you a new blazer. So um, I went and I bought him a blazer and because he's now year nine, he's only got a couple of years. I said, do you think I can get you a bit of a bigger one just to see you through? Because it's, it's an expense, but it's also, it's just piling up because... Um, I've got my daughter who's 11 that's going to start next year she won't be able to make any use of his blazer and i've said to her it doesn't matter no one will know the difference oh they'll know the difference mum. and i'm not wearing a boy's blazer so i've i've had to um get him a bigger blazer and i'm hoping this will see him through to the end of high school so yeah they do their feet grow and yes i've told him to carry a a spare pair of trainers now and say that you know these shoes because he he actually wanted quite an expensive pair and i said i'm not replacing them so he actually takes his football they have lockers now so i say take your trainers football boots whatever it is keep it in your locker and then wear them when you need to play football don't do it in your shoes so mm -hmm. he's do that now so that's helped a little bit but yes so the uniform shop um is is, is a huge part of uh level trust um 
and I've seen it. Um, I know that it exists. And, and, and like many listeners, I think it's a bit unknown as to how it works. Now, I'm conscious of time because we've got a couple of minutes just before um, the break starts. So I, I will just ask the smaller part of this question. Um, what was the main objective? As you said, it was to help um, those parents spend their money wisely rather than using the benefits on on uniform. They can use that on the necessities in the house to function. But what was the actual thinking? I mean, I don't know if you're in touch with the lady that actually opened um, Level Trust. If you still, what was her thinking behind it? What sparked that thought? Well, I know that Jane's got a very deep faith and I mean, I'm sure that um, part of the reason why she wanted to start that was because perhaps she felt called to do that. Um, And I think that when she lived in Luton, so Jane is not from Luton originally. She moved to Luton, as I understand it, to start working and she did youth work. And so through her work, she saw that there was a very, very significant need. And we know that levels of poverty amongst children in Luton is much higher than in some other parts of the country. So at the moment, about 50% of children, they're kind of there or thereabouts, live in poverty. And I think we can all agree that that's completely unacceptable. And there's a motivation that I know that she feels and that I feel now that... We want to ease that burden for families. We want children who live in poverty to have access to all of those educational opportunities that children who don't live in poverty have access to. Because you and I know, being teachers and educators, education is an amazing way to lift yourself out of poverty. And if you haven't got uniform and you're not going to school, then it's just very basic. You are not accessing your learning and we need children in school to be fed to be safe to be well looked after by those teachers and staff who really do love them and know them very very intimately and know the families very intimately um and so when we're thinking about the services that we're offering um what i do is i think about my own children and tina who's our deputy ceo i know that she thinks about her children and grandchildren and what we try to think is if it's not good enough for our children it's not good enough for someone else's child. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Good morning and welcome back. You're tuned into Inspire FM. It's uh, you are tuned into Inspire FM and it's Mother's Planet and I'm your host Neelam. We have been talking about uh, well at the moment we've been talking about the uniform shop and level trust and I have the lovely Jenny with me this morning who um has been explaining how the uniform shop has uh how it came about really and uh, now we're going to i wanted to ask jenny if i may and again apologies uh, jenny for cutting you off with the with the break there um it just it just came upon us something that we didn't know was going to happen so quickly time just flies so um i do apologize for cutting you off there but um i think one of the questions that somebody asked me and i thought it was quite a good question uh, around the uniform was um how do the donations work now 
uh, someone like myself, where my son had a blazer that was um, uh, too small for him, um, I want I I still have that in the cupboard. I don't know what to do with it. So how how does the donations work? How can I come in and just drop that off, or um, you know, if if I wanted, could I have gone and got an exchange for a next size up? If you had those available, how how does it work? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got so you can either drop it directly into the uniform exchange and that's on level three in the mall um it's just above most people know where greg's is in the mall and poundland it's just above there so up the stairs so um if we're open just bring it directly into the shop or if you don't want to come into the shop outside we've got a big cage a big basket and you can just put donations in there um if you can't get to the uniform exchange, then you can leave it with your child's school um, and we've got a delivery coordinator and school will arrange um, for us to come and collect it from you. Um, but yes, any donations are really gratefully received. You don't have to bring in uniform if you want a bigger size blazer um, or you need uniform. But of course, any donations are absolutely great because then we can hand that on to another family who may need it. Yes, absolutely. And I didn't know that about the schools collecting. Um, uh, so you can just donate to the school and, the, and then you have a collection service from schools as well. So that's good to know because that's something new I learned. So hopefully anyone that does, because sometimes it's quite a job to get into town and you think if I go, I always try to have like 10 other things that I need to do so I can do it all at once. So just um, if anyone's in a similar boat, it's good to know that they can just drop it off to the schools as well. So um that's how the donating part aspect works. So, I mean, I, I can't really say target market or niche because it's quite a broad spectrum of people that you are aiming the uniform shop, shop to. Or is it literally those that are on benefits and requiring help? No, it's not means tested. And what I would say is that this kind of mythical person that's sat at home on benefits, you know, taking all of this money from the state and kind of not really doing anything or contributing to our society, in my experience, is actually not correct. The vast majority of people who come into the uniform exchange are working people. Both people are working in their families. It may be that they are in low-paid jobs but we do also get a lot of public sector workers. So we get nurses, we get teachers, we get a whole range of different people that are coming in and utilising the services. And we've noticed that more and more. So people that may never have had to access services like the Uniform Exchange, like the Food Bank, previously, they are first-time users because of the cost of living crisis. We know that with energy bills rising, cost of food rising, we've had all of the interest rate news, um, you know, that came in yesterday, which is going to impact on families that have got mortgages. That is meaning that, um, as I say, people that have never had to utilise their services before are now having to come in. And that's a really difficult thing for them. And sometimes there's a lot of shame attached to that. But what I want to say to people, if you've, if you've got people listening who are thinking i really do need help with uniform i need help with getting my child a laptop for school please don't be embarrassed you know i grew up in a family where at times things were really really difficult and there wasn't very much money and we had to utilize those services and 
the staff in the uniform exchange and our wonderful volunteers that we have in the uniform exchange as well they are kind they are discreet um and if you feel that you don't want to actually come into the uniform exchange the other thing that you can do is you can order the uniform online so you can log on the website is www.leveltrust.org and there's a facility there where you can order the uniform online and we can drop it to your child's school or you can just come in and it will literally be a two minute in and out really quickly the other thing that i would say is that the uniform exchange is in a really discreet place in the mall so actually if you're feeling embarrassed about that um then you can actually come in and generally it's quite quiet up on the top level of the mall but i suppose my message would be please try not to feel embarrassed you know, sometimes things happen and there are circumstances beyond people's control that means that they do need to access these services and we are there to help you in any way that we can. Absolutely. And and I think that's uh, key advice there as well. And I can't have repeat it any better than you there, Jenny. And I, and I think that it's nice to know that... Um, I, I mean, I was under the illusion that this was means tested and it was only for, for those that needed it. So this is it's really good to know that it is uh, spreading out. And you mentioned laptops and, you know, that in itself is a cost. And uh, now when I look at my children doing the work, even the children at primary school, they actually have homework online now. So they need access to a laptop. And, you know, you, you there must be families out there. I mean, I, I purchased, um, the school gave a good discount for when my older two joined so well, we managed to get quite a good price because i think i was looking to buy it privately and it was a fraction of the price the school was offering for the same type of laptop so i i took it up with the school and i went with the school sch- scheme of paying it outright so they both have laptops and have told them to take care of it because it's going to be hand-me-downs and they and those laptops will last because you know this, they always pick laptops with long life batteries and all those things they're very specific about the spec of the laptops the school's picks so um, I've told them to take good care of it because this will be something that I, I mean, the first laptop I got was when I started university. So I remember my my dad um, handing me over a laptop saying, OK, now this is, you know, you're going to need this for your uh, assignments that you do at university. And now um, I'm handing over a laptop to my 11 year old and saying you're going to need this for your homework. It's just it's a real bizarre time. So, you know, it. It is a stretch on the pocket and, and it does um, affect people in, in many ways because you feel that you don't want your child because the schools do give options of you can have a printed version. But I know the children want to do it online and, and, and be part of that. So, you know, we should be able to uh, provide that. Um, how does um, Level Trust, I mean, how 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 do you i mean most of it probably is through donations of uniforms but how do you accumulate your money to be able to provide these laptops and uniforms to the community as you do well as with any charity you know we need to get that funding in because otherwise we cannot help the families and children that we want to and so we get that through a variety of means so some grants some community fundraising some corporates so i've got to give a massive shout out to easyjet this morning so last night there was an auction in london the easyjet organized with um law firms in london and um 
They helped us to raise over £20,000 last night for Level Trust. And Liz and Laura at EasyJet have been totally amazing. And we are so grateful to them because that will just make the most enormous difference um, to Level Trust and the families and children in Luton. Um, so people sometimes donate directly. Um and we get funding from a variety of different places, but it's really tough at the moment because need is increasing. And so all charities are needing additional funding, not just us. Um, and so if you are able um, to donate, even if it's a small amount, that really does help um, us because lots of small amounts add up to large amounts and you can donate via the website again um and we've got lots of amazing people across luton that do um do that um but we've got big supporters so the national lottery have been great children in need have been wonderful um and smaller um trusts so the amateur trust um steel charitable foundation so there are lots of different supporters that we have that are again all listed on our website um but the more money that we can get in, it's crucial at the moment because just to give you an idea of how much need has increased. So the summer holidays are the busiest time in the uniform exchange because everyone's kind of getting ready to go back to school and you want new stuff. Um, and so in 2022, demand for services in the uniform exchange increased by over 100% from the previous summer. Um, and so... We have got, we had a lot of uniform in, but actually towards the end of the summer, we were running low on some items. And it's things like, it's always things like trousers and white shirts. Um, so if you've got any of those items and you think, actually, my child's grown out of them, we commend them in the uniform exchange. And if they're not good enough quality to then be passed on to someone else, what we can do is we can recycle that. So there's a kind of green slant to it, that sustainability element, so it's not having to go to landfill. That's really good to know, actually. Um, and I know I have actually got several bags of uniform. Um, as you know, I've been doing a big clear out this week because we, we've been going, we went to a, a major um, storage uh, store um, and I won't mention names uh, purely for marketing purposes, but I picked up flat pack um, uh, furniture and uh, at the time, flat pack furniture seems really fun and you think you're going to get on really well with it and yeah my husband and I have had moments when when uh, we've been putting things together such that we've had to sort of walk away from each other and come back and start all over again because I've not been holding something right or I haven't passed him the right tool so yeah it's taken us a lot longer than we thought it would have in in reality so yes I have had a good clear out and I actually found um I found a lot of white shirts, actually, so I will be um, trying to come over and donate that, definitely, for sure. So um, now the core of the show was really around voluntary, but I did really want to get a good understanding of how the uniform shop works and how people can donate. So voluntary work, looking at voluntary work, now you said that a lot of the people that work in the uniform shop are volunteers, and they are, they are the ones that help the store, they are the ones that help put the stock out, get the stock out. And, and communicate with customers and are approachable and friendly. So um, as a mother and a professional, how important do you think it is for people to get involved in volunteering? Oh, I think it's super important. It really, really is. 
I mean, what I would say is that all of our children, uh, when they've reached a certain age, we have said, choose where you want to go and volunteer. And that's been a non-negotiable for us. And I'm not going to lie, they were a little bit grumpy about it um, at times. But once they got into it, they realised that it was just such a wonderful thing to do. And it's, it's enhanced them as human beings. It's improved the opportunities that they've had when they've gone into employment and also going to university. And it just develops those skills in terms of working with people, relating to lots of different people, Um timekeeping they've made new friends through volunteering and i would say that they have got more from it than they've actually given um and it hasn't been a huge time commitment they did anywhere between two and four hours a week um and so it's a small part out of their free time but they do still volunteer. We've got two grown-up children into their adulthood, actually, and so they still give back in that way. So I would say that if you can encourage your children to do it, um, what I think is it develops them as a more rounded person. And when I work in the uniform exchange, so sometimes I work there on a Saturday, um, I find it one of the most rewarding experiences and one of the best things that I do in my life. I also do um, voluntary work for another organisation and that's around education. Um, And again, it's such a joyful part of my week. Um, So our volunteers are the backbone of Level Trust and we absolutely couldn't do it without them. So we're always looking for more volunteers. So if you have listened to this and you think I'd like to get involved, then we would love to hear from you. Absolutely. And I, and I think it's um, one of the things that, as uh, as you have done with your children, I've tried to instill my own children that doing something where you're giving back to the community. Um, and it's not... Um, the, you'll reap the rewards as you go on. As you said, like, you know, they've stepped into it half-heartedly and actually have walked away rather than giving so much. They've actually walked away learning so much from that experience. So based on that, do, do you think um, volunteers or a, a specific type of volunteer for a, a specific role, do they need to have skill set or, you know, are these, can it be anybody? How, how you know, do they need to have some basics? Well, what I find sometimes with people, if they're thinking about volunteering, they might like to do it. They think, oh, well, will they want me? Will I, you know, be able to do that role? We can provide training. So if you haven't worked in something like a uniform exchange before, and we also have volunteers that come and work at SMASH, which are our summer courses that we run for children during the summer holidays. And we're also going to be running, fingers crossed, if we get the funding, some of those courses over the um, uh, Christmas holidays. Um I would say that you can have a variety of different skills. Now, one of the things that I find is a barrier when people are thinking about volunteering is if you've got low levels of literacy or numeracy, or perhaps English is not your first language and, you know, you've come from another country, um, sometimes people think, oh, well, is that okay? We have volunteers from all over the world 
in the uniform exchange. And there are a variety of different roles at Level Trust. And if you have got time and you are willing, then we are willing to find something and to find the most appropriate role for you within the organisation. So please don't let those things be a barrier to actually coming because you have got a lot to contribute, I would say. And what I find is that when we have people that come from another country, they understand because we've got a lot of we've got a large refugee community in Luton who also use the services of Level Trust is that you've got that empathy and you've got that understanding, you've walked in their shoes and that really helps in terms of connecting with people and making that a welcoming space. We want a diverse workforce and that includes our volunteers to represent the diversity that we see in Luton it's very important mm, absolutely and and language of, often we always think gosh you know you need to be able to communicate you need to be able to speak and you need to be able to uh, but language is I, I, we went to Paris and I spoke to people that didn't know a word of English, but we were able to communicate and they knew what I wanted and I understood what they were trying to say. So it was a, a lot of it was hand gestures. A lot of it was gestures. But in whatever capacity, we, we actually laughed and walked away and said, actually, that was a, a really nice experience because it just goes to show you don't need to be speaking in the same language to um, communicate to someone. You can just your sheer presence and understanding uh, someone's, you know, difficulties, um, as you say, walking in their shoes is enough. Uh, for- Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I often give an example. So our third child, who's 17, she came to do some volunteering in the uniform exchange and it was her first time. And so I was in the back office and she comes beetling through to me and she says to me, mum mum I've got a family and they don't speak any English at all and so I said to her well I said if I come out there Gretel they're not going to suddenly start speaking better English because I've gone out there you have to go back and you have to find a way exactly as you've described when you're in Paris of communicating with this family and understanding what it is they need they'd literally just arrived um, in England the week before and she managed to do that and she found out what they needed and the uniform was ordered and the backpack was ordered for their child and off she goes and for her she felt so much better about herself now she wants to go and be a doctor and what I was saying to her on the way home was you're going to come into contact with lots of people if you do actually manage to get into medical school um when you're doing your training that actually don't speak English and these are the skills that you have to develop now if she hadn't been volunteering would she have had the opportunity to be able to do that highly unlikely and so she is more prepared for her studies um as a result of that Yes, absolutely. Uh, and that's a skill that she will never forget. And that is something that she will remember for life whenever she encounters any situation where she's come across somebody. Because even my whole, whole experience at Paris, whenever I think actually language I, it's, it's just it's just there. It's not a barrier. It does not stop two people from communicating. If you really want to get the message across and you really want to help someone, you can. So, you know, it's there. So that's a fantastic experience. Thank you for sharing that with us so uh, a couple of things um firstly 
if anyone is considering uh, volunteering um, in any capacity uh, through Level Trust or any other community work, what are the three things that you would uh, recommend that they should consider before volunteering? So have you got the time? So what we ask for is um, a minimum of four hours. Now, a lot of our um, volunteers do, and four hours is a shift in the uniform exchange. And it may not be that you're on the shop floor, you might be in the stock room, um, because we've got a lot of sorting out um, that always needs to be done. Um, So time, can you give four hours or more a week? Um, do you can you commit to it because obviously when charities or organizations are training people that takes a lot of resources and you know we're absolutely prepared to put that time in but we would like a commitment of ideally a year um that you can come and you can do that and the other thing is just to think about can i be flexible in my approach actually sometimes we're a we're a small charity we've got a small core staff team and we've got you know more volunteers actually than we have got paid members of staff can you get on with people um can you develop those skills and also for us it doesn't happen very often um but when people come into the uniform exchange or access their services, that is a moment of high stress and crisis often in their lives. And sometimes that means that they're upset or perhaps, you know, they're frustrated. And can you meet them with empathy and kindness and understand where they're coming from? And I would say that's they're probably the most important things. Everything else we can teach you um, how to do in terms, you know, where the stock goes and all of those kind of practical things. But, you know, we have got, as I said, a lovely group of volunteers um, that are motivated by serving the people of Luton. And that's really what we're looking for. Do you want to give something back to your community? Absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head with the last comment there, because that's what it is, ideally, just giving something back. And and I think we all hit a, hit a brick wall at a certain point of our life where we feel that, what have I been doing all this time? You know, and, and what you're doing, you feel a bit empty and, and you will be surprised how rewarding it is when you give something back on a voluntary basis. So thank you for that. Now, um, just before the show comes to an end, um, uh, can you share any contact details or anything? Uh, I know you shared the website earlier, but are there any other information that you'd like to get out to listeners? Anyone that is considering perhaps, um, uh, exchanging at the uniform, donating at the uniform shop or even volunteering? So I would say follow us on social media. We're quite active on Twitter. So the handle's at Level Trust. Um, if you just, you know, search that on Twitter, you'll find us and that will keep you updated with all of the things that are going on, um, both, you know, in terms of fundraising, but also in terms of services that you can access. But all of the information that you need for Level Trust is on the website. That's your kind of main point of contact. It's got telephone numbers on there. It's got, you know, the link through to ordering uniform online. And so that's www.leveltrust.org. And so have a look on that. Um, there's an email address address on there. You can email us. Someone will get back in contact with you or just pop into the uniform exchange if you'd rather just speak to um, a human being. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, listeners, what I will do is um, I will um, attach that web link onto the Facebook part of the show. So for today, so anyone that does didn't catch that, didn't have a pen and paper to hand, can uh, go onto the Facebook and uh, follow the link that way and have a look at the website there. And there'll also be any holiday activities and things like that available on there as well. Yeah. So. Generally speaking, that is you are able to see that on Twitter. And what we do is ask your children's school because often when we've got holiday activities, we send a newsletter to schools very regularly that tell them all about the services that we offer. We could not do this without the schools. The schools and the leaders and the teachers and all of the support staff within schools in Luton are amazing. And they, the Family Support Worker Network, they will get that newsletter and they will be able to have a really good understanding and overview of the services that we're offering. So get in contact with your children's school as well. Perfect. Thank you so much. As you see, uh, Jenny, we've got about 30 seconds left of the show. I just want to say a big thank you to yourself for taking uh, the time out this morning to join me. I'm very sure that listeners were taking some valuable points from today's show and um, it's been a pleasure meeting you and I wish you well with your work at Level Trust um, and uh, yes, uh, do get in touch with uh, um, Level Trust if you are looking to do any voluntary work. My quote for this morning is, uh, the intelligent way to be selfish is to work for the welfare of others Join me again next week for another exciting show. Jumma Barak, Assalamu Alaikum Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.